That segment was brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First off, it's free. There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast just as great as this in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to the Washed Up Podcast. On today's episode, we are without our dear friend Brady. He had to go to work. He had to work late. He had to do work. So hopefully we can have this podcast blow up so Brady doesn't have to do that anymore. But on the bright side, we did have Ryan Smith pop in with us and he talked about his football career, where it's led him, all the crazy stories. We get into some of them, and we're going to have to have them back on, so let's just get to the interview. Welcome back to the Washed Up Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Washed Up. Today we got probably our biggest guest in height. Um, he played tight end at Miami of Ohio. He made his way to the NFL with the Green Bay Packers. And before all this commotion in the world, he was playing professional rugby for Old Glory DC. Everybody, welcome Ryan Smith. What up, Ryan? What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Evan. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, dude, it's a blast. Um, so the first question, we uh, promoted this episode on our Instagram, and you gave us a little highlight tape, and I just got one question. When you were playing Eastern Illinois, that highlight got cut a little short at the end. Did you make it stumbling into the end zone, or did you fall uh, short? <laughs> so I ended up getting tackled. I got, I got hawked, and, <laughs> you know – I never hear the end of it from any of my teammates at Miami. However, you know, I like to say, because if you watch the clip, like the quarterback, I'm wide, I'm running wide open. Yeah. If he puts it on me in stride, I'm coasting to the end zone, no question. Right. But he throws it high and outside, and I actually like turn and make a one-handed catch. It's a, it was actually a sweet catch. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, you know, that goes unnoticed. The thing that goes most <laughs> noticed is, you know, I run 20, 30 yards down the field, and I'm just this big, slow white guy getting tackled just by a shoestring. I can't even fucking, you know, dive into the end zone or, you know, make it like a fucking highlight play. Dude, that's it. Last, it was still, it was still dope, though. Yeah, I think it was my longest reception of my career at Miami. I think it was, you know, 40-something yards, 50 yards, whatever. Um, but it would have just been such a cooler highlight if I, you know, did not get tackled. Yeah. The pass was like a stoner on his lunch break, high and outside. Yeah, yeah. outside. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's unbelievable that he just makes you look bad, but then good, and then you get fucking hosed, and suddenly it's all your fault. The quarterback needs to put it in the breadbasket for his receivers and tight ends to succeed. Yeah, the thing I was worried about, it was it was our senior night, and it was like, you know, big game. It was our last home game of the year, um, and, you know, it was a tight ball game. 
And, you know, we ended up losing the game. And that that play, that specific play, put us in position to score. We ended up scoring. Um, we ended up losing the game by seven. But, you know, like it was – I was pissed because, like, it was fourth quarter. You know, we're down 14 points or whatever. You know, we need a big play. We get the big play. I get tackled inside the five or, you know, whatever yard line I get tackled on. I get pulled off the field because I just had, you know, a sprint gas or a play. Right. Like, you know, we kind of sub out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get fresh legs out there and everything like that. You know, we ended up scoring the next play. Um, but, you know, it, it would have been, you know, pretty – I ended up catching a touchdown in that game later in the fourth quarter. Uh, so that was pretty, you know, pretty cool to have as well. But, um, no, you know, that was a tough, tough loss senior night at home. Damn, it was senior night too. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was tough. brutal! And one of the worst, the worst part about it is, I ended up when I was training for the NFL. I went down to Cincinnati. I commuted from Oxford, Ohio. It's about a forty-minute drive. And I was training at this place called Ignition. You know, they do a bunch of NFL training stuff. And the fucking kid that tackled me on the play ended up going down to train there too. Oh, fuck. <laughs> him and I are working out together, and I, the whole time. I just like had this beef against him. Like he, you know, he was a good, he was an all right dude. He was pretty cool, but like, you know, my my view of him was totally skewed. Oh, absolutely! Immediately, dude, that happens with everyone you ever meet. You're just like, uh, if this guy did something to you at any point, you're like, oh, fuck this kid. Yeah, yeah. And we we had this like charity charity of like bowling event mm-hmm. that we did for. Um, you know, kids with, you know, mental disabilities in Cincinnati. And we're, you know, we're down there and like, you know, everybody kind of says like a, like a soft speech, you know, you know, thanks for having us, stuff like that. And this fucking kid brings up the story in front of all these people that, you know, really have no clue. I mean, it's in Cincinnati. So like Miami, Ohio football is like more relevant than you would think. But like, still, it was just like, a, you know, because there's in Cincinnati, they got Miami fans and like, you know, my name was like in the newspapers and stuff in Cincinnati because of how close we were. And um, like, it was just hard for him to like be able to have that one thing above me, like that one step up on me. Oh, and he just well, that- he still burned him on the coverage. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I still. Bur- I mean, the play is a fucking beautiful play. It's, you know, the quarterback is lined up here. The, the tailback is lined up right to his right. And I'm lined up in like a, a split receiver stance. And it's like a play action, so the quarterback like fake, yeah, like shovel passes it to the running back, and yeah. I fake go block that linebacker, and the linebacker saw the the play action fake, and he sprinted in, and I was wide open. Um, I, I actually scored like two or three times off that same play the entire season, and it was, I mean, it was a fucking you know super successful play for our offense. But that's awesome. Now, yeah. now I have beef with your quarterback. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If I'm if if I meet him, I'll be like, ah, I already don't like you so far, but you're gonna have to work to make this relationship work. One thing up, I did have on the kid that that made the tackle on me is he never signed an NFL contract. So like, at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've got him beat. Yeah, that's that's well, all you need on top of somebody is who made it further. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the for the listeners back home, how tall are you? Six four. Damn, you got me beat. Yeah, yeah. got Six me beat by an inch. At the NFL, uh, when we did the pro day, they measured me, and they, when whenever you're doing the measurements, 
for the NFL, like they're gonna sh- they're gonna shaft you. Like they marked me at six three and three quarters. Like seriously, come on, I'm six yeah. four. No, you're six four. No, you're six four. If anything, I'm six four and a half. I'm giving you six six on the podcast rating. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, we'll put in six six tight end in the description. <laughs> um, so, would you consider yourself to be washed up right now? Um. Yeah, I would. We're uh, we're changing the narrative, so it's not a bad thing to be washed up. No, I I do think I'm washed up, and I I think I'm washed up because I'm not I'm not playing sports at a high, you know, the high level that I was playing at. I'm not competing at a high level anymore. I mean, I'm still competing um, as much as I can. You know, like right. I played beer league softball last year. I played you know like rugby professional at rugby last year, but you know now. I, I consider myself to be a beer league superstar. I think that's where join I, the club, my that's friend. Where that's where we live at. Hey, yeah, I, that's the narrative that I like that you guys are writing. I think that's you know, you know, I had my time, you know, playing playing high level, but I think now that you know, not that I'm old or anything, but you know, now that I'm out of the game, and you know, so far out of the game, I guess, but. You know, I like I like the opportunity to you know go out there and play right you know, league softball. I think it's fun. So the thing, yeah, the thing that we've tried to make washed up into is that even though, like you said, the level of competition isn't what we're used to or what the highest one we've played at is, we still have that competitive energy, and that's never going to leave us as washed up like athletes like yeah i totally agree i i might have athletically peaked in 2013 but that doesn't mean that i'm done playing sports or done competing in the dumbest things the beer like drinking leagues and all that stuff like that's still like a way to express that competitive energy yeah and that's the thing you know a lot of kids that grew up not playing sports you put them in a competitive atmosphere and they like, they, they just can't. They think uh, you're the asshole. Yeah. They, yeah. You look like a bad guy because yeah. you're pissed off that they made a bad play. Exactly. Like, you know, you know, whatever it may be like you bringing out that competitive nature and like showing how much you care, even if it is just beer league softball to, you know, you and I, it's not just, no, it's, it's never just a game. Yeah. You know? No, it's not. Like, I if I pop out in beer league softball, I'm pissed. Like, I'm oh, I'm so I'm so pissed. If I get out, I'm pissed. If I don't make a catch, I'm pissed. But yeah. I rarely don't make the catch. You know, yeah. like, no. but <laughs> like people are like, "Why are you so mad? It's just a game." I'm like, "You don't understand a goddamn thing." Yeah, you don't you get it. And like all of us our athletes in high school we played at some level of post high school but that's what more than half of the people we talk to don't understand it's like why are you taking this so seriously like you're not going professional you're not doing anything like that the reason we're taking it so seriously is because it's been engraved in us since yeah. we started stepping on fields stepping on courts doing anything like this that's Little League, yeah. And I think, you know, I really do think that the competition level in Oak Park and River Forest growing up, I thought, I think it, you know, couldn't have been any better. Like, I was I playing, agree. 
you know, the youth Huskies I was playing on, like, like that shit was no joke. And, you know, obviously looking back on it, it, it might've been easy, but like, while I was, you know, growing up and doing it, I hated some of the shit we were doing because I just like, you know, drop and give me pushups and then run around the phone, you know, run right. the field times. And I'm just like, this sucks. Like, I do not want to do this. And, but that's the stuff that you have to go through to get to where you are, you know, to be playing at a high, high level. Because that, I mean, going through that shit, and you know, once you get older, you realize going through that shit with those teammates, yeah, like it builds character, it builds a family, and like it builds, you know, that teamwork that you need to have to succeed. And I think, I think, you know, my coach uh, in youth football was it was Josh Bear and uh, Hell yeah, Mr. Donlin, yeah, and, you know, they were great, and it, like they made it fun, but at the same time, like they were, you know, breaking us down to build us up, and yeah. I, I really liked it. It was. I thought it was really good. At what age do you look back and then appreciate your coaches? Because it, it wasn't the day after practice or the day after the season ended. Was it when you got to Miami or was it when you were at Fenwick playing? Like, when do you start to realize, like, oh, shit, like, yeah, I got to work my fucking ass off to get something? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think I really started to appreciate my coaches – my freshman year in Miami, um, my high school coach at Fenway, Coach Nudo, um, he he got on me. And, like, he's kind of like a – you know, he's kind of a legend in high school football. He coached down in Arizona and won, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, he was a seasoned vet when it came to being a head coach for a football team. And he came in, and I was soft as baby shit. And he came in, and he, <laughs> you know, motherfucked me, screamed. And, he like, he's fucking ripping my head off and yelling at me. And – it, it taught me how to, you know, grow tough skin, like thick skin. And, um, you know, one of the words of advice he gave to me after leaving Fenwick, going to Miami, he was like, listen, like, they're going to come at you. They're going to say the most, like, dehumanizing things you could ever imagine. And you're just going to have to be able to deal with it. Like, you're going to have to be like, okay, like, shake your head yes and get ready for the next play because, like, there's nothing else you can do. You, if you sit there and you pout about it and you whine and – you know, contemplate what they, what they just said, you're already so deep in your own head. Like you, you have no chance, like you have no opportunity. And, um, you know, I, I, am very thankful for the way coach Nudo, you know, took that approach to coaching me because I think, I think that, you know, when I was junior and he first started coaching and he like really started ripping into me, like that, that started the whole, like, all right, don't, you can't let people get into your head because once people get into your head, like, you're screwed. Like your game is so right. thrown yeah. off course. And, um, yeah. and you know, I, I, I think that's when I really started to appreciate because, you know, in high school, like looking back on it, like I had no clue what was going on in the football field. Like <laughs> I was just out there playing, you know, like the, like the whole, like, you know, in high school, you could have told me a defense was running a four, three and I would have been like, dude, I don't even know what that means. Like <laughs> even in college, I got to the college level and I was like, Dude, this defensive shit, like this, the term terminology you're throwing at me is like way over my head. And uh, that is wild. Yeah, dude, that's the one of the craziest things I thought about Miami was um, in college football in general was the la- lack of football knowledge in the players, like in the locker room. Like there were guys that were they were just fucking beasts of humans, and they were just you know like they looked apart. Like you could put them out there in their underwear, and you'd be like, wow, like we got to go up against this dude. Are you kidding me? But oh you put him God. out on a football field and he doesn't remember plays or he doesn't know how to read defense. And like, you just can't, 
you can't put a guy that doesn't know the playbook, doesn't know the, like the game, the X's and O's, because he's a total lia- liability out on the field. Yeah. But that's um, fucking absurd. I don't know why that thought never crossed my mind. I just thought you made it to the next level. You must have the knowledge. So that was another thing. Another piece of advice my head coach gave me was, you know, you have to go in there and you have to study the playbook. Like you have to know the playbook because if you don't, they can't put you on the field. Like if you don't know the plays, there's no shot. They're going to put you on the field. And so I was actually very fortunate enough. um, We had a grad transfer from Notre Dame playing tight end. He transferred to Miami he was like the number one tight end in his recruiting class coming out of high school. He was a Notre Dame tight end. And like, I like for me, Notre Dame is, you know, I love Notre yeah. Dame football. And I think that Notre Dame produces like some of the best tight ends in the professional, you know, like from, from Notre Dame to the NFL, like there's so many tight ends that, you know, and um, so I'm sitting here like, wow, like this guy as a, as a young freshman, 18 years old, this guy's 22 grad transfer from Notre Dame. I'm like, wow, like this guy's a fucking man. Like he's so cool. Like, right. like this guy's legit. And so I really got to kind of, you know, kind of put myself into a position to learn from him. And um, we also had a grad transfer from Notre Dame playing quarterback. And so he was, he was raw. Andrew Hendricks. He was another, he, he like was Mr. Ohio football or whatever coming out of high school goes to Notre Dame, plays a little bit, doesn't really see the field, you know, the field. So he ends up transferring to Miami and crushed it. Like he absolutely killed it. That's you know, dope. Thousand yards rushing, whatever, 4,000 yards passing. Like he was, he was doing it all. And um, to be in the offensive meeting room with those two guys and to see them on the same level of, you know, terminology and, you know, knowledge of the game. Um, like it was just awesome because like you would see in practice – you know, like there's a soft spot in the zone and you're supposed to make a hard speed turn cut, mm-hmm. but you know, there's a guy sitting out there on the flat. So you can't really run out there. So you kind of just kind of turn and find a soft spot. And th- these two guys had been doing it for the last four years in Notre Dame. So like they were really good at it. And so, you know, my freshman year during rookie or fresh or, uh, you know, fall camp, um, you know, schedules all like two a days meetings, all, you know, football 24 seven. Right. And uh, like the little downtime we had, I went and I like sat down with the quarterback and the tight end. And I was like, Hey, like, can you guys teach me? Like, how do you guys see this? Everything. Like, yeah. Because once you, once you learn the game, like it, it, for all sports, I think it goes It like, once you learn the game, it just slows down. And then that eliminates, you know, thinking and like, what they used to tell us is like, if you don't know what you're doing out there, just go out there and do something a hundred percent, like give it your best effort, even if you don't know what you're doing. But you know, when you know what you're doing, you can kind of sit there and be like, all right, I know what to expect on this play. You know, anytime that nickel is kind of hanging over the edge, like he likes to blitz like those tendencies and stuff like that. So I learned quickly from those guys. I mean, I learned the offense, like the playbook yeah, from those guys very quickly, but then I started to, you know, once I learned the playbook, I started to, all right, so where do I go? For, like, once I, not mastered the playbook, but, like, once I, you know, kind of had it down pat, like, where do I go from here? He's like, then you got to start thinking about the defense. And, you know, the coverages, the, the defensive line fronts, the linebackers, if there's shifts, you know, stuff like that. And that's when it really started to slow down for me. My, um, my sophomore year at Miami, I ended up splitting time with this other tight end. He's actually in the NFL now. Uh, Nate Becker, he's with the Bills. And it was me and him, both of us were the same age, came in at the same recruiting class. 
he ended up redshirting freshman year. So it was me. Um, I was at second string, and then the Notre Dame guy was at first string. But the Notre Dame guy was—he was a fucking glass house. <laughs> he got—if he got hit, he was hurt, and he was out for the quarter. Like he was done. Yeah. You know, just an old dude, banged up body, and so that got me the opportunity to get on the field. Right. And you know, my competition freshman year was was with this for second string was this um, this super athletic black kid from uh, Florida. His name's Orlando. And he's like a six foot two, rocked up, you know, just like a weight room warrior. Just a house. Yeah. But like he didn't know the offense. And so they couldn't trust him to put him out there on the field. And so I did know the offense, but, you know, I was not nearly as big as him, not nearly as fast, you know, as him or whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to take the guy that knows the playbook, even if I'm going out there and getting bragged all. <laughs> so I'll tell, I'll tell the funny story. So it was, it was freshman year, first or second game, third game of the year. We're playing at Michigan at the big house. And I'm like, we're like, we're pulling up to the stadium and there's the tailgate and they're fucking throwing shit out our buses, like, like fucking garbage, beers, trash, you know, whatever it is. They're throwing it at us. And there are thousands and thousands of people th- like doing this. Like we're driving down. There's like a block. And from both ends, like just like getting pelleted. And we're like, holy shit. Like this is insane. Like this is a hostile environment. Even though like there's no rivalry, there's no hatred between the two. Um, but like Michigan fans, like, like, you know, they die, like eat, breathe and, you know, fucking drink, go blue. And so, you know, we're getting ready. Um, you know, before kickoff, we have like 30, 45 minutes to our own to kind of, you know, prepare ourselves mentally and everything like that. Sure. What I like to do is I like to go out to the field and kind of walk around, stretch out a bit, you know, kind of get a feel for it. And, you know, 45 minutes before kickoff, there's like the, the stadium's empty. And I'm like, holy shit, like there's like not going to be anyone at this game. And I go back into the locker room. Uh, you know, coaches doing his pregame speech and we do the prayer and everything like that. And it probably was, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 30, maybe 30 minutes um, after I was out on the field and we're going back out there and the stadium is shaking and I'm like in the tunnel and the whole place is just like kind of like vibrating and like booming. And, you know, there's music going on in the tunnel. So like you can't really hear what's going out, going on out on the field. Right. But like, yeah. you know, like, like, you're about to go into some shit. So you know, we walk like the 10, 20 yards from the locker room doors down the tunnel onto the field. And, you know, there's like a brief little window, not window, but like where the fans like can look over in, into yeah, the tunnel, yeah, yeah. over the side. And uh, hold on one sec. And um, so we're walking out there and I see this kid like leaning over the railing. And his face is painted uh, gold and blue. And, you know, like just just like he was probably six, seven, eight years old. And he's sitting there screaming, fuck you guys, fuck you guys, fuck you guys. (laughs) Just like motherfucking us. I'm like, dude, like this is like a little kid. Like this is where are your parents? Go get get out. Like you're in timeout. And so that was like the first thing I saw when I was walking out of the tunnel. And then the next thing, like I'm out on the field and it is – jam-packed the entire stadium is filled they had a hundred and nine thousand people in the stands like it, dude in 30 minutes it was insane like the fuck everybody just rocked like just crowd you know crammed in there 
and it was so fucking cool to see. And I think it'll be, um, you know, I'd say it's probably top two stadium playing in. Uh, number one was definitely um, Green Bay. Lambo was fucking sweet. But so anyways, the point of the story, young freshman, I'm out there and we're we're tied with them at halftime and we're getting off the field and Michigan fans are booing the, the Michigan football team. Right. We're, sitting, we're thinking like, oh, my God. Guys, like, we have a fucking chance to be Michigan. Like, how fucking cool would this be? <laughs> Obviously, in the other locker room, they're saying, guys, are you fucking kidding me? We're about to fucking lose to this fucking Miami football team. Are you kidding me? Right. And, you know, we come out of the locker room, and we, we receive the ball at half, and um, we drive down. We get the ball probably like the 12-yard line, and um, we went with a, tw- a, a two-tight end set. And so it's me and the other Notre Dame tight end out there, and um, – they put him on the route and they put me into block mm-hmm. and it was kind of a rollout left block. And, um, it's so loud. It was third down. So you can't hear a thing. Like there's no way to prepare for playing at a stadium like this because you're down on the field and you, you look and like you turn and look at the quarterback and you can see him trying to say something to you, but you have like, yeah, you have no idea. Like, it is so over your head, like so out of, out of your control. Like, it's ridiculous. And so, like, the way we did it is because we can't hear, like, we did the, the clap, and then it was, it was – we called it a silent count. Yeah. So the quarterback would clap whenever he's ready, and then the center would snap it and yell, go. And so I'm sitting here lined up third and, you know, 12 – third and goal from the 12-yard line. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my God, I, I, I wish I knew who the D lineman was was i know he's in the nfl now but <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here lined up and i see this i'm like watching this defensive lineman and i totally just get like i get lost you know like it's like one of those moments where it's like like you just like hit a zone like you don't know what like where you're at what's going on and you know, all the time i'm thinking like this guy is about to fuck me up <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is like i had i had the upper hand because it was a rollout, and it was really me and the tackle double-teaming this end. So it was designed to help me because I needed the help to block him. And, you know, quarterback snaps the ball. I'm a, like a split second late off the ball. And so the D lineman is kind of moving outside, and the left tackle is, you know, rolling out to block. Sure. And I'm still kind of sitting there in my stance. And, and you know, I, I obviously I get moving. But – um. My, the tackle steps on my foot. And the DN is going to engage with me, and like we, me and the DN make contact, but I'm falling down because the tackle stepped on my foot. Right. And so this DN just fucking pile drives me right into the ground. And, <laughs> oh no! I mean, it ended up being okay because I was falling, and he right, right. So I you did your I job. Job done. Yeah, you we did your job. Touchdown. We ended up throwing a touchdown. We go up seven, right? You know, right to start off the second half, and we're like, we're winning this football game. It's looking really good, but you know, Michigan, obviously, they come back out and they just fucking. They ended up beating us by like two touchdowns or whatever it was, but I will never forget. We covered the spread. Yeah, I, I bet we covered the spread. <laughs> and, um, that's important. Yeah, that's that's absolutely important. <laughs> I can tell you right there. Yeah, I couldn't tell you how many times. Um, some of my buddies from back home would text me like the night before, like, Hey, Miami's minus or plus whatever. 
what do you think about it? I'm like, dude, <laughs> why are you asking me? Like, I'm going to be like, dude, we're winning by 30. What are you talking about? Right. Like, why the fuck? Of course I'm going to overestimate everything. Yeah. Like, we're winning by a million. Like, <laughs> Exactly. But Take the so, points. Take the spread. Whatever it is. We're winning the yeah. game. So every time one of my buddies would text me, I, like, I would just be like, dude, like, seriously, like, you're going to put me in a situation yeah. with your money on the line. Like, don't like, come on. Yeah. Don't be sick at it. Like, that's just, that's just stupid. Also, you got a game. Like you're playing a game that day yeah, or the night or the, about. or the night before you're looking at the playbook and you got some fucking dudes just like, I probably know all the guys that are texting yeah, you, you blowing up your phone. And it's like, that's probably the last thing on your mind. I we always think about like especially college level like how often are players like paying attention to the spread and just off of that no you're not cuz in no. your head you're already winning by 40 right exactly there's no there is no spread it's win or lose at that point for the players and i just you know it was funny because like my friends are such degenerate gamblers that they have to resort to getting an inside 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 information seriously (laughs) (laughs) like it's not like i'm fucking adam sandler and fucking longest yard where i'm like yeah we we're you know we're minus 30 right throw the game (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're not taking the lead on all these points scored points against yeah you're not the one in charge on those (laughs) now if there was a prop bet for ryan smith touchdown yeah we'd probably we'd try and work we'd work that one in what I would do is if any of my buddies played like FanDuel or DraftKings and yeah. they were, you know, looking to get players, I would let them know like like this week in practice, like I'm in the game plan, like I'm looking to get the ball a lot. So like, you know, Ryan Smith over under two and a half catches, I'm going to say over. Like, yeah, right, I, right, right, right. Yeah, you know, but um, – and like, you know, I ended up winning uh, – one of my buddies, we were, it was my senior year, we were at Marshall, and um, have you guys seen the movie We Are Marshall? Absolutely, yeah. of course. So, a little history here. The first game that Marshall played after the plane crash, and the first, because back in the day, like, they weren't allowed to have freshman play, so they were screwed. Like, they, you know, they didn't have a football team, so they scrambled together a football team. It's this hodgepodge squad of anybody and any everybody right and miami goes to marshall and beats him by 50 and so marshall and i I don't even know what town marshall is but the city where marshall is they hate miami football right like there actually is a rivalry between marshall and miami marshall also used to be in the mac but they you know left the mac years ago but sure um my first snap uh you know, well, my buddy was like, he, he wanted to know if he should pick me up in DraftKings or FanDuel. And I was like, I think I'm going to get a lot of touches this game because the season before we ended up playing, like we played Mississippi State in the bowl game and I got a lot of targets, a lot of catches, touchdown, like it was good. Hell yeah. Like, the head coach was like, yeah, like we want to keep, you know, this up with you. So I was like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. Pick me up in FanDuel, whatever it is, like it's going to pay out. I ended up having eight catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns, and I ended up winning the kid. I ended up winning the kid like a, like a you know probably it was like a thousand two hundred bucks whatever it was. Holy thousand dollars! Oh my so, god! Yeah, so I mean, not that 
God, now that I say this, it's probably if the NCAA catches hold of this. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't hey, me. Hey, if, this was a joke. It's if, just a fake anecdote. It's not real. <laughs> Off the record. Hey, if, if, we, if we blow up, we'll save this episode into the archives. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ryan Smith going to jail. <laughs> no, we won't let that happen. Yeah, right. Um, for credits, it's not cash. It's totally different. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was a monopoly. It's, game. it's Bitcoin. Um, Bell Beckham style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but no. So my senior year, like I was lining up to have like a really good game, a really good year. But so my junior year was really my breakout year at Miami. Yeah. Um, the the kid that I was competing in for a spot with. Uh, sophomore year, him and I split time. He broke his foot, so he was out for the season junior year. I felt terrible for him, but at the same time, it put me in an opportunity to succeed. So, And um, the next, the second string tight end was a redshirt freshman who uh, who really wanted to play baseball, but he didn't have any scholarships, so he, he ended up getting a football scholarship. Um, the kid has since quit football, and walked onto the Miami baseball team. Hell yeah. So he he oh, wow. was he, he's an athlete, you know, he's a left-handed pitcher so he's he's a good baseball player but um you know for football like he he was soft. He really didn't want to, you know, make contact with anybody like he was slow, he was kind of weak in the weight room, you know, all this stuff and and he was the second string tight end. And so my tight end coach comes up to me before the season, he's like, "Dude, like I really need you this season. Like, this is like, you know, I don't have anybody else. And I felt like when he said that to me, I was like, dude, like, like that's fucking awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. He has his trust in me. I have my trust in him. Like, you know, he wants me to succeed and and it really worked out well. So um, first game junior year, we're playing at Iowa and um, it was actually a pretty tight game. And in the game plan, the tight end, we were not getting any targets all week in practice. So I was not expecting to get the ball. And so I was preparing myself mentally for, you know, it's going to be a grind of a game. Like I want to be in the you know trenches, yeah. blocking my ass off. Right. And what we like to do at Miami, and a lot of teams like to do this, is they put the tight end like detached, like off, like, like a wing to the tackle. Yeah. And he'll shoot back, like shoot across the line and try and cut or, you know, kick out the defensive end. So that's what we did all all, uh, all game. And I ended up having a fucking great game blocking. And that was, I would say, was my biggest weakness was my physicality. Not that I didn't want to get in there. I just, uh, not that I was soft, but, like, I would rather be catching the ball. Like, I would rather be right. running around and stuff like that. And when um, – so we're playing this team – there's actually a hilarious clip. Um, we, we punted the ball. I was on the, the, the shield in the pump protection. So I'm out there. We punt the ball. You know, we're running down. They have a returning All-American kick returner, punt returner, Desmond King, who plays for the Chargers, um, back there returning punts. <laughs> yeah. And so all we can practice, we're like, all right, kick it out of bounds, kick it away from him. Do not let him get a return going. First punt of the game, our punter bombs one, just sends it fucking, you know, like it was a deep kick. 
This kid runs back, catches it on like the you know twenty yard line, whatever it is. We're running downfield in coverage. My job on this special teams unit is to play safety. So like they punt it, and all the you know the guys on the line, they're supposed to be the ones making the tackle. I'm supposed to be one of the guys that you know is the safety man. What team? What team are you playing again? Iowa. Iowa. Um, I was also an awesome stadium to play in, and you know we're running down there. And I'm kind of, like, just getting a feel for, like, where the return is setting up, where they're trying to block, and, you know, where this guy's going to go. And I'm trying to put myself in a position to, you know, make a play if I need to. And this kid, Matt Merrimy, this white safety out of Cleveland, um, you know, he, he wasn't really much of an athlete for Miami. Like, he didn't really make any plays. Like, he was just kind of a special teams guy to, you know, go down there and uh, hopefully make a tackle. Like, he really didn't see the field. But he's running down there, and he's, he's like, backside, and he's trying to chase down Desmond King, who probably ran a fucking 4-4-40, you know, just blazing speed. And this kid, Matt Merrimy, is, like, he's, he took a, a good angle. He's going to go make the tackle. And this, their um, all-Big Ten middle linebacker, who's also in the NFL, is, is re- like, was lining up a fucking kill shot. And you, after this, you know, after this uh, Zoom, uh, the podcast, you guys can go look it up. Just like search on YouTube, like uh, um, punt return, you know, knockout head collision, and it'll be the first, you know, first one. And he's running, and he's thinking this Matt, this Matt kid's thinking he's about to make a play, like save the day almost. And this linebacker just fucking smacks. And I have never seen a harder hit in football. And I was like probably like 40 yards away from it. And I heard it and I was like, Oh my God, I think he just killed him. Like it was that bad. (laughs) Oh fuck. The kid, the kid is like, he go like he's laying there for a second. He's probably out, but the play's still going on. Desmond King is burning and he's running up the sideline and he's, you know, on our side of the 50, like he's about to return the ball. And luckily I put myself in a position to make a, Touchdown saving tackle on an All-American punt returner. Tap on the back for that one. Hell yeah. It ended up getting called back because of the fucking unsportsmanlike head-to-head contact. The kid got ejected, and they, they had the ball like the 15-yard line or something yeah. like that. But, oh, they my God. Like, it, it was one of the most vicious hits in football I've ever seen. It was insane. That's but, crazy. Yeah, like that was that was nuts. He, uh, he ended up being fine. Like no concussion, <clears throat> none of that. Like. It was a, like a huge, like everybody, like the stadium kind of went silent almost. Like, like it was weird. Um, but to get to the, the story I was getting to, um, I wasn't getting any targets all week in practice. And I wasn't getting any balls. And I'm out there, and it is, you know, 90 degrees out on the field turf, and it's hot, and I'm playing the whole game. And, you know, I come off for one play to get a breather, to get some water. We're on a long drive. And I come off, and I'm, you know, getting my water, and I'm kind of like I take a knee, kind of like catch my breath and all this stuff. And right, they uh, they're running a pass play. It's just a simple stick, comp, you know, route concept. I know you guys know if you play Madden, you know the concept. Yeah. And the <laughs> tight end that goes in there, um, he he gets the route and he gets there and he's wide open. And the quarterback puts it right on him and he turns and he goes to run upfield and there's three Iowa guys like right there. And like he start, like he probably got, he probably ended up getting like six, seven yards, caught the ball at like four yards. 
but he turns and he's running and he goes and like lowers his head forward. And the two guys hit him like at the exact same time on the sides and his helmet popped clean off. And he was out. This was right after the punt return pretty much. And he was out. And <laughs> like, like it was one of those situations where, you know, like he had to lay there. The trainers had to go out there and make sure like it was a little, like a whole debacle. And so now the second string tight end is out of the game. The next, the third string tight end is a freshman, a true freshman who we ended up redshirting. Like we did not want to play the kid because they wanted to develop him. But, you know, he, he ended up having to get in the game. So he blew his redshirt. And uh, so, so it's safe to say you're not a big fan of the big 10. No, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I got my ass handed to me by the big 10 all four years. Um, yeah, my freshman year I played at Michigan. Sophomore year I played at Wisconsin. We lost fifty-five to nothing. Solid. Uh, junior year we played Wisconsin, or no Iowa. Sorry, um, it was actually a close game, and I I played really well. I think it was my most important game of my career because I really you know solidify myself as a guy that can get in there and block. And I think that and because you know the MAC is not like a high tier competition, like I can go and block against the MAC no problem. But you know, scouts NFL scouts wanted to see me block against you know, Big Ten, SEC, right. stuff like that. So The other guys that are getting drafted. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, but yeah, that was, you know, one of the biggest games I had. That junior year, I ended up only missing 27 snaps on offense out of, like, I think we ran, like, 700, 700 plays. What? Something like that. Yeah, oh, I was I was out there, like, the whole fucking time. And I'm, like, I, I don't know how I didn't get hurt. You know, I, like, you know. Didn't really take that many plays off, and you know, thank God I didn't get hurt because they would have they wouldn't have been able to play with the tight end. They would have had to play with another wide receiver. But yeah, that was fucking sweet. That's awesome, dude. Twenty seven missed snaps out of seven hundred nine hundred plus. Yeah, yeah. So that you know, I and that's that's one of the things like they the coaches at Miami like they talk about it. They're like, yeah, like. This Ryan Smith kid, like, he only missed 27 snaps all year. Like, what do you need some water for? This kid missed 27 snaps all year. You're fine. Stay out there. Hell, yeah. But. Uh, That's the dream to be in a coach's pump-up speech. Yeah. No. That's the fucking. Yeah. And <laughs> to be on the opposite end of a coach's pump-up speech, my my senior <laughs> year, this is, uh, we're in fall camp. And, you know, obviously, so junior year. Ended. We made it. We all right, so junior year we went zero and six to start the season off, and we made a quarterback change and we went six and zero the second half of the season to make us bowl eligible. And we ended up playing Mississippi State down in Florida in Tampa Bay in the whatever baseball stadium is down there, the dome. It turned it into a football field. We got to play there. That was really cool. And um, you know, I had a great junior year and. Um, you know, I finished the season strong against Mississippi State. Like, I blocked well. I had eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. Like, it was good. And then, you know, going into senior year, I'm, like, thinking, like, all right, like, I'm the fucking – like, I totally was walking around with the – Hell, yeah. Swagger. Hell, yeah. Shoulders back. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And, um, I was quickly humbled by the head coach <laughs> after uh, I tried to – it's not something I tried to do. I, you know – we were we were running this play on offense and there was kind of a it was kind of like a should I do this or should I do that situation sure and they told us 
you know, one thing and then I did the other thing and it's it just like, it, it, it was just a whole divide. Not, not the coach's uh, intentions. Right. You strayed away from the pack a little bit. Yeah. So I, I run a route, I, you know, that's, I'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll call it a route. I run the route. <laughs> I'll call it a route. <laughs> run the wrong route. But I think I'm running the right route and I'm thinking like, all right, like this is where I should be. Like, yeah, this, this is, is it. Like, this is the route I should run. And my head coach is, what the fuck are you think you're doing? Like, all you know, you fucking walking around like you're a fucking. And I'm yelling back at him because I'm, you know, I'm the fucking senior tight end. Like, I'm up for the, I was up for the Mackey, which was the nation's best tight end. So, like, I was totally, my ego was pumped. <laughs> I was quickly, very, very quickly humbled by my head coach when he made an example out of me in front of the whole team. Basically saying, I don't give a fuck who you are. You know, I don't care what fucking stats you have. You don't mean shit. Like, you are so replaceable. Like, so what he did is he, he sat me the next two days of practice. Like, I didn't even practice. And he was like, fuck. Yeah, sending a message. Like, fuck you. And so I was, you know, I was very, uh, after that, like, I was, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, more of a team player. Yeah, you were back on the team. You were, you were brought back down to earth after that one. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, God. And then, so my senior year, we're playing at Notre Dame. And, you know, at Miami, like, my senior year, I was elected a team captain. But, you know, they wrote, like, there's, like, probably 10 to 12 team captains because, you know, they want to make it to where, like, you know, each guy has their own little group. Right. uh, So I was one of the team captains. And uh, my head coach, Chuck Martin, he knew that, you know, because he coached at Notre Dame. And he knew my grandfather. Like he knew my grandfather, and he knew his legacy and all that stuff. And he knew how much Notre Dame meant to me. And so we're going to play at Notre Dame my senior year. And I hate. I, I don't want to cut you off, but for the viewers that don't know, let them know who your grandfather is. Yeah. So my grandfather is Johnny Latner. He played football for Notre Dame in the fifties. Won the Heisman Trophy in nineteen fifty three, and he played in the NFL uh, one year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, getting drafted. I think it was second overall um but like he his rookie year he was you know he was uh he was an all pro like he you know balled out unfortunately after his rookie year he went to the air force and ended up blowing his knee out and i don't know if that's like the the comparison to like tearing an acl or whatever but he blew his knee out and that's uh it ended his career unfortunately um but you know he that's that's where i, I get my athletic ability from my grandpa Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. Jeans. Yeah. Yeah. And so going into Notre Dame week, I it's like, you know, two days before the game, we're at Miami still, about to head out to South Bend to stay the night in the hotel. And I go up to my head coach. I'm like, hey coach, um, can I talk to you real quick? Like Right. And we had a little hot water earlier on in the season. So like I was, you know, I, I was trying to, you know, play nice and, you know, do all that stuff. So I go up to him, like, Coach, I know you know how much Notre Dame means, like, this game means to me. Um, you know, it, it would really mean the world if, if I could go out there for the coin toss. Because, you know, I had gone out for the coin toss for, like, two games earlier in the season. So, like, you know, like, it wasn't out of pocket to ask that question. Right. And at the time, he was like, he was like yeah, dude, of course. I got you. Like, your grandpa, like, dude, 100%, you'll, you'll be out there. And, he, you know, he kept his word. But after the game, uh, he, in front of the whole team, he's like, 
because he's pissed off we lost, obviously. But in front of the whole team, he's like, we got we got a senior captain, Ryan Smith, coming up to me before the game, asking if he can go out there for the for the coin toss. Like, he, he's not even thinking about the game. He just wants to be out there for the coin toss. And I'm sitting here like, what, like, what, what? what kind of narrative are you trying to spill to these guys? Like, this is not how it went. Like, that is total bullshit. And, if, uh, if anything, you're more in on the game for wanting to go out there. Yeah. Like the the fact that your grandfather went there, the fact of how much Notre Dame means to you, like how great would it be to be Miami of Ohio, go in there and just right. set the record straight? Yeah. In what world, to a coach's viewpoint, does that mean you're not in the game, you're just here to look cool? I, Dude, I'm telling you, this man was so – I mean, some of the shit he said was just so out of pocket. Yeah. And, I mean, I know at the end of the day, he was just trying to, you know, set an example and, you know, he used me as an example again. And, you know, I, you know, I had thick skin, so I didn't really give a shit. Like, right. dude, fuck, I get, I, I mean, I was like, fuck you, dude. But like, I was over it, you know? Um, but that was just like one of the many things this head coach did that, I mean, I, I owe this head coach a lot. Like I, you know, I love him. He's done a lot for me, but like, he said some shit to me that I'm like, dude, like, that's just not cool. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. It's tainting your name. Yeah. And it's like from everything bad in front of the whole team. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, right. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say, but like, he's just, he's, he's a character to say the least. (laughs) I mean, he's a good football coach. He knows his shit. So, um, that's fair. What should we, what should we transition to? Let's go. I got you. I got a I got a question that I uh, so got a burning one too. Brez, go for it, brother. Was Aaron Rodgers an asshole? Not at all. Really? No. Not Aaron Rodgers. I know everybody. A lot of people ask me about Aaron Rodgers, and, and a lot of people are like, "Is he really as big as a dick as everybody says he is?" And I'll say this: I'll say he is one of the most competitive people I've ever met. And I think a lot of people get that mixed up with him being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Because you put him out on the field and, you know, his goal is to win. And to win, you need to have success. And if you got guys running the wrong routes or dropping balls or missing blitz pickups or anything like that, that puts the team in jeopardy of not succeeding, he's going to be pissed. And, And I think a lot of people, you know, see that and they're like, well, like he's so mean. He's such a dick. But no, Aaron was cool. He was cool as fuck, and he kind of he kind of took me under his wing, which was fucking sweet. And um, so my whole Green Bay, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll tell the, the the anecdote, the story. Um, so I got the tryout for Green Bay, and I go out there, and um, we're going over like we're in meetings, and. This is a tryout, so it's not like, you know, like, it's like I, I have to do well to get on the team. So, like, I'm, I'm not – I don't have a contract yet, anything like that. I have to earn it. Right. And so the night before the practice, you know, we're going over meetings and, um, you know, there's this one blitz that they wanted us to – they, like, showed us. And, like, you know, they kind of told us how to block it, but they didn't, they didn't really prepare, prepare us for it. They said, like, oh, you won't see this. Don't worry about this. Just kind of, like, to fuck with you. Yeah, <laughs> but me like I was like, oh, they're definitely gonna throw this at us tomorrow, like no question. 
And so I'm out there and I, I recognize it and I'm in a, I'm lined up at fullback. I'm not even playing tight end. I'm lined up at fullback. And <laughs> you got number 48. You got it. Yeah. 48. Exactly. You know, what I'm talking. they got me in the backfield. I loved it. And, um, you know, they brought the blitz and like pre-snap, I was supposed to make a check. Like if I saw it, I was supposed to, the, the check was pink. So I'm sitting here and I'm looking at it. I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is exactly what they prepared us for. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, and I tell the quarterback, pink, 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 pink. And he checks it to pink and I pick up the block. And it was just like, you know, the coaches were fucking fired up that I made the, the, the right call. Woo! Yeah. Dude, I just got, I just felt that through my body. Yeah. And so I just I, felt uh, that all up in me. Right. And, um, you know, so I walk off the field and my, the tight end coach is just fired up. Mike McCarthy is fired up. Like he just loved that. I made, you know, picked up the blitz. And then after the tryout, you know, all the rookies, including the draft picks are in the team meeting room and there was probably like 30 guys there to try out. So, you know, it was a lot of competition and, um, you know, McCarthy's up there speaking. He's like, all right, guys, uh, thank you to all the tryout guys. Unfortunately, uh, we're not taking anybody, um, you know, keep working out, keep staying in shape, keep pursuing your dream. You know, you never know who's going to call. And I was thinking like, damn, like I really, I really thought I you know, earned a spot. I earned, I really thought I did well. And, um, so I'm walking out and I'm going to the locker room to like, you know, pack up my bags and go. And coach McCarthy and Brian Gutekirst, or I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, but he's like one of the front office guys. They walk up to me and they're like, Hey, Ryan, like, you know, how do you think this weekend went? I was like, coach, like, honestly, like, I, I thought it was, I thought it went very well. Like I, I, you know, I gave it my all. I competed. I did everything I could. And, um, they're like, yeah, like, you know, we like your style. Like, we like your play. We think you're a really smart football player. And I'm like, you know, thank you. Uh, you know, I hope something comes up, you know, down the road. You know, call me, whatever. And they're like, no, no, no. How do you feel about signing signing the papers right now and becoming a Green Bay Packer? And and I was just like, I get the chills now, like goosebumps. Hell yeah, dude. So overwhelmed with emotion. And, like, I'm just like – I need a sweatshirt, dude. I'm cold right now. Hell yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know, taken back and I'm like, it took me a second to kind of process it. And I like, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like coach, thank you. Like, this is awesome. You know, this is a dream come true. Thank you so much. And, and he's like, all right, well, you know, we got the paperwork. We got the contract upstairs. All I got to go, do is go sign it. And, um, and, and so I was like, can you give me a second? I got to call my mom. So I, you know, I, I, I get a second, I call my mom, she's crying. She's so excited, so happy for me. And it's just like, you know, it'll go down as one of the best days of my life just because of, you know, the feeling that I had going, going through my mind that day, the roller coaster of emotion from, Fuck. oh, sorry, yes. guys. No, one's, no one's signing contracts here. Like, sorry, like, you know, beat it to, we want to offer your contract. We want you to play for us. Oh my God. That, that was, I mean. That's a story that I love to tell because I, I think it, you know, it's, I mean, it's an awesome story. I was a tryout guy. I go in there, I fucking do my job. I earn the spot, earn the contract. And then, um, you know, the rest is history. But to get to Aaron Rodgers, him and I had a relationship because there was a rookie, t- uh, another rookie quarterback. And his name is Tim Boyle. He's still on the Packers. Um, unfortunately for him, they drafted Jordan Love first round. So right. not looking good for my boy, Tim, but 
he will land on his feet at another, you know, football player, you know, another team. And, um, you know, he spent two years under Rogers belt, you know, grooming him, And I think he's a really good quarterback. So I, I think he's going to be all right. But Tim and I were very close. Um, you know, we like to work out together, uh, while we were in green Bay, we hung out together. We went out together, you know, like he was, you know, one of my good friends still is. And, uh, that's how I kind of got my in with Aaron because I'm hanging out with Tim, Tim's hanging out with Aaron. Like it's, you know, there. And one day, like the first time I really like met Aaron was, uh, we're at the facility. I'm sitting down eating lunch with Tim and Aaron comes and sits, sits down with us. And it's just me and Tim. And then Aaron comes and sits down and kind of, you know, doesn't really introduce himself because obviously I know who the fuck <laughs> <is>. <laughs> it, was of, it was more of a, Hey, I'm Ryan. I know you're Aaron. Uh, <laughs> you know, let's cut all the bullshit. Like, I don't I know you go through that so much, you know? And, uh, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> Uh, and that, that's kind of where our relationship started and our friendship. And, um, from then on, like, you know, the, the relationship to building. And what I think it was, was I think in the team meeting rooms, when we're doing offensive meeting rooms, you know, the coaches are up there asking questions and, you know, a lot of the rookie guys are staying quiet because they don't want to make a fool of themselves. They don't want to say the wrong thing, you know, stuff like that. But like, I was confident enough and, I guess ballsy enough to speak out. And I think Aaron liked that a lot. And I knew my shit. It's not like I was just blabbering on it. Yeah. I, Fuck I knew yeah. What I was talking about. And I think he, I think he knew that. And I, I think he liked it. And I, because, you know, he wants guys to be hungry, you know, to learn and like all that stuff. So, um, you know, we continued to like, you know, hang out, eat lunch, uh, kind of shoot the shit. And, you know, I don't know if any of you guys have played like, you guys play football, but do you guys like, do you know what a scout team is? Yeah. So we, you know, we would have in the, in the, in Lambeau, they have like a small indoor field. It's like, you know, 52 yards wide, you know, normal length and like 30 yards in, you know, total distance. And what they do in there is they do walkthroughs and that's where, you know, the scout team comes out to play. And so I was a scout team guy. So I was a linebacker and Aaron loved playing scout team linebacker because like he just had fun with it right so him and i he was playing the mike linebacker i was playing the will linebacker and you know like they would show us a card of what they want us to do and then aaron will be like yo fuck the card this is what i want you to do <laughs> yeah so like that was really cool because um you know he, like he had my back like you know if if he told me to do something and i did it and i got in trouble for it he would have been like yo like no, like I told him to do that. Like this is, I wanted Deshaun Kaiser to see this look. Um, but one of the days, <clears throat> you know, we're looking at the card and the other linebacker that was the other scout team linebacker out there was the offensive coordinator. And the offensive coordinator, his name is Joe Philbin. He's been in the league for, you know, X amount of years, whatever. He's like 60 something years old. Um, but I'd say he's like a pretty well-known offensive I guy in football. Yeah. And, um, but he's an older guy and not fragile, but like he, you know, he's kind of lost a step. So, uh, you know, I'm, we're sitting there looking at the card and Aaron like pushes me to like go to my spot. And as he pushes me, I like, you know, I get pushed. And as I'm getting pushed, Co coach Philbin, the offensive coordinator is stepping back and he's like walking back to get it to his spot. And 
we bump into each other and Philbin goes down and he, it wasn't like a graceful fall. Like he didn't really catch himself. Like he, Oh, and I'm like, Oh my God, I just took out the offensive coordinator. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like I'm fucked. Like, are you kidding me? I'm so fucked. I'm cut. Like I, I couldn't even, you know, yeah. Pack up the bags. Yeah. Pack up my bags. You're done. Um, but luckily Rogers was like, immediately Rogers was like, dude, like, like he took the blame for it. He's like, I pushed him. Like, do not be mad at him. And so like right after that, like I kind of knew like him and I had like a pretty cool relationship. And, um, uh, this was, so 2018, he's a huge conspiracy guy. Loves conspiracy. Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah. Huge conspiracy guy, dude. It's awesome. And this is what we were talking about at lunch is we were talking conspiracies and, you know, the Denver airport conspiracy, you know, nine 11, you know, (laughs) the Denver airport conspiracy is wild. Like, dude, like, why would they have built an entire airport and then just build another one on top of it? Like, yeah, that just doesn't add up. Yeah. Uh, but another, th- so another cool thing he told me was, uh, you know, this, they were filming game of Thrones at the time, season eight, the final season. And he oh, was like, yeah. Yo, like I'm going out to, uh, wherever it was they were filming and I'm going to be an extra in the show. And I'm like, no way. Like that's fucking sweet. Like I love game of Thrones. Rogers was a huge game of Thrones fan himself. Um, but like he was fired up to be on the show and like all this stuff. And he was kind of, you know, we love, like we talked about game of Thrones a lot. Um, lo and behold, he ended up being on the show. He was an extra in it for like a split second. We couldn't even, yeah, tell he, was, he was in there for like a minute max. Yeah. Max, but, but no, he was, uh, he was telling us about, you know, because of his position and his status of like who he is, Obviously, people are, like, out to get them mm-hmm. because people just want to tear down success. Even if they're, like – and if they have to do it by saying he's an asshole, like, they're going to do it. And so I think that's why he gets a bad rap. But Fuck, to go on dude. conspiracies and his status, he, uh, you know, with he signed a contract my rookie year. His contract he signed was $135 million over four years. And I don't know what the math is on that. I was never very good on that. But he was making a lot of money a year, a <laughs> money, every minute, you know, like a lot of money. Yeah. And um, so the day he signed his contract, <clears throat> we had a – there was a team luncheon. And we had a bunch of, like, supporters come in, like a lot of sponsors come in. And so we would have lunch with these, these you know, these people. And, uh, you know, everybody got introduced and, you know, like by – position group so like you know the tight ends went out and you know ryan smith table six jimmy graham table four you know stuff like that yeah and rogers comes walking out you know they told us to like dress nicely so like i put on some slacks and a polo and like that's what that's what the ex- expectation was to just like a polo and some slacks and rogers and the rest of the quarterbacks they come out in canadian tuxedos like all giddy up. like you know he's got the denim cowboy hat on I don't know what those Texas ties are called, but he's got bolo ties. Yeah, he's got one of those on, and he's got his fucking famous mustache that's like down to here. Hell yeah! Just like totally eating it up because he knows that that's what the people want to see. Like that's an entertainer right there, coming out dressed up, you know. Like, but um, it was right before the luncheon, he was signing the contract, and so like right after the luncheon, the news came out that he just signed four years for 130 some million dollars 
highest paid quarterback ever. And then, you know, the next day, whoever it was, one up them or whatever. But um, that was just cool to, you know, to, to witness like live, like, holy shit. I mean, not knowing at the time, but after it, I was like, oh my God, this guy just walked out just a fucking big swinging <laughs> Canadian tuxedo. Just like, it, it was cool. Like he was, he was like a fun person to be around because he, you know, he was an, enter- he's an entertainer. Like he, like, that's what he likes to do. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of fucking hate that because like in my head i hate aaron Rodgers. like i knew you were on the packers like i had to wear the bears hat like just just for it and like fuck like right now i kind of have a soft spot in my heart for aaron Rodgers after that story like that's kind of fucked up that's kind of fucked up for you to say that (laughs) that's dude that's what everyone says it's so funny because like oh i hate to hear that because like you know, you want him to be such an asshole because he's so good and like, right? Obviously, the, the, the he rivalry Bears. Yeah, the rivalry <laughs> between the Bears and Green Bay. Like, yeah. But but when you say that, like everyone thinks he's an asshole because he's so good and because of that competitive energy, it goes back to what we like started this episode with. Exactly. It's like the guy who's better than you, or the guy that's trying harder, the guy who gets mad when things don't go right, is somehow the asshole in this whole right. thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of fucked up to think about because yeah. obviously Aaron Rodgers is a highly acclaimed quarterback and he wouldn't have gotten that way if it weren't for that fire that just fills him up every day. If he had a different personality, if he was softer in the slightest, like he would not be as successful as he is now. Like, yeah. it, and, you know, I'm not trying to compare him to any of the greatest of all times, but you look at the greatest of all times and they all have – the Mamba mentality, the MJ mentality. Right. That The different different breed. Yeah, where they don't give a shit what people think about them because, like, they know what they're doing. Like, they know they're trying to put the team in a, you know, in a position to succeed. And if he has to do it, unfortunately in football, like, it's, you know, there's 11 guys out there. Everybody's kind of got to be on their P's and Q's. And if they're not, like, that team is just dragging him down. Right. Like, it, sinking ship and he doesn't want to like he you know he's the captain of that ship he wants to be fucking leading them to the super bowl not you know shit in the bed but yeah um he so he actually gave me a nickname and um so in scout team we would put on the red pennies over our jerseys so they knew who was who right and um so i would you know be on the scout team and i'd be like this is before practice so like i'm warming up and like i'm getting sweaty and all this stuff and so whenever I'd take the penny, I would, like, when I would come off scout team, Aaron would take my spot on scout team so I could get reps on offense. Right. So I would give him my penny, and it would always be sweaty. And, like, he would be like, ew, like, this is just, just gross. Like, so he called me, he started calling me Big Sweaty. That was my nickname in Green Bay. Like, everybody on the team was like, yo, Big Sweaty, like, give me this, Big Sweaty, give me that. Like, that's awesome. Fuck yes. Yeah. Dude, when I think of Big Sweaty, I think fucking 400 pounds, six, seven linemen. But no. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking along came Polly, Richard Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. Another, this is another, um, I think it's probably the funniest story in uh, my experience in Green Bay. Um, so, being a tight end in Green Bay in 2018, it's 
probably the hardest job to have because they had Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, and Lance Kendricks. Jimmy Graham's been in the league for 10-plus years. He's a no-question Hall of Famer. Mercedes Lewis has been in the league for going on 14 years. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer just because of how long he's been playing the game and just how much of an, like a monster he is. Lance Kendricks has been in the league for eight, nine years now. Not a Hall of Famer, but like he's a solidified tight end in the NFL. And then there was four young guys, me, another rookie, and then two guys a year older than me. And so, you know, there's seven of us in the room. And it's just kind of a tough spot for me to be in because I'm competing against Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, Lance Kendricks, and then fucking three other guys. Yeah. And not not to put an excuse, like, at all but now we from what just, we've talked about you're you're not one for excuses so yeah, you don't have to preface that one <laughs> yeah so jimmy was definitely the leader of the tight end room like no question about it he was he was the guy now jimmy on the other hand he, he was kind of an asshole he was he was kind of a dick uh, great now he's on the bears yeah right now he's on the bears now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. now we got the asshole I think that his success was stinted in Green Bay because he, you know, I hate to say it, um, I think he got a little selfish, and I think he wanted the ball thrown to him more. And Aaron was like, dude, this is a team game. I'm going to be dishing to whoever's open. I don't want to hear you cry about it. You know, shut up and play. And uh, I think that kind of created a a little tension between the two. Um, But, you know, obviously – you guys have both seen him play. He's a fucking freak of nature. He still is a freak of nature. I think he's going to have a better career with the Bears than he did in Green Bay. Um, I just him and fits. that that world, our tight end world in the Bears, hits you right in the heart, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, but so Jim, you know, Jimmy, uh, he he told awesome story. Like he was a very good storyteller, and he played basketball at Miami. And, you know, he had all these stories about, you know, fucking bringing chicks back to the hotel after games and, like, all this stuff, partying, going to strip clubs the night before games, stuff like that. Like, it was just, like, an interesting, you know, guy to listen to. But he was kind of like a – I shouldn't say he's a dick because I think it's I think it's his competitiveness. But, like, he was, he was just kind of, like – he wasn't friendly and, like, he wouldn't, like, say what up. Like, if I, like, walked past him in the hallway – like, he would just kind of, you know, keep to himself. We didn't really say anything. I think the biggest asshole in Green Bay when I was there was Ha-Ha Clint Dix, who was also on the Bears. Great. Perfect. Sign him up. <laughs> I'm on the Cowboys he was, now. He was the guy in the locker room that, like, I if I just, like, wouldn't ever dare to talk to him. Just because, like, he not that he was a, you know, I don't know. But he was very hard to approach. And he sure. kept his circle very tight and very small. And you knew that. And so, like, I just didn't even bother with that. Um, but to get to the Jimmy Graham story, um, we had a little bit of a hazing thing, me and the other rookie tight end. And Jimmy was like, all right. He gave us <clears throat> he gave us a couple hundred bucks. And he was like, all right, I get, there's one strip club in Green Bay. One strip club. He gave us a hundred bucks. He told us to go, to, go to go to the strip club. It's called the Oval Office. And he wanted us to basically give him a report feedback on the strip club. And so, you know, we're, you know, we made a night out of it. So like, it was like a Saturday, Friday night, whatever it was, no practice the next day. Me and like me and the other rookie Ted and, and some other rookie guys that we're good friends with all went to the strip club. And he basically was like, all right, 
I want on Monday a PowerPoint presentation about the Oval Office. <laughs> so we, awesome. we made a PowerPoint presentation about the strippers in the Oval Office. Now we couldn't. We we tried to get pictures with them, and it you know that yeah it didn't go well. And I even tried pulling like yo like I'm a Green Bay Packer. Come on, let's take a picture together. And they're like, I don't, I don't give a fuck who you are. Like no. Um, but like, I, think they had a, I think they had a website at the time to where we could get like a face shot of them. So like, that's what we used. Right. Sure. And, um, you know, naturally. We, so what we, like what he wanted us to do is he was like, all right, I want you guys to get a private dance from all the strippers. And I don't like, I want you to ask them questions and I want you to take notes and, you know, put it in the PowerPoint. <laughs> so, so at the old office, all the strippers names are first like, like, wives of the presidents. So I, you know, I can't even remember who, like what the names were, but you know, they were like creative and fun. Yeah. I mean, it's in green Bay, a strip club in green Bay. How great yeah. can it be? But, so yeah, that's the thing. Like it's a strip club in green Bay. Like there's not much talent, you know, there's, <laughs> but there's not much talent, a lot of cheese curd eating strippers up there. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, um, you know, like we were asking them pretty like generic basic questions. Like, What's your favorite song to dance to? What's your favorite color? Like movie, you know, shit like that. Right. Um, like that was probably like the most fun I had because it was just like, um, it was just like, hey, you know, they were hazing us, but it wasn't really hazing. You know, we were at a strip club for Christ's sake. Like, yeah, it was, it was funny. You know, like it was, it was a good time, but, and, and Jimmy paid for it all. So I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. You just got fucking, you got the cash roll for the night. And what, you had to make a PowerPoint? Yeah. yeah. And the PowerPoint ended up, you know, like me and the other rookie tied down, like we presented it. And, um, you know, everybody, like it was like, a, it was a pretty successful, like it was a good hit. Like, it was a good PowerPoint. Yeah. You know. <laughs> did, you, did you dress up for the occasion of presenting? No. So Come on. In, in Lambeau, um, we have to be in, you know, like Packers gear. So like we always had to be wearing like a sweatshirt or t-shirt or. Anything that was Green Bay, you couldn't wear like your offside shit. Wow, that's wild. How much yeah. stuff like when you go through your like to pick up your gear? Is it just like a shopping cart, and they just like walk you through and put all the stuff in it? Not well. So Green Bay was a unique situation um, because they're owned by the fans, and, and I don't know like you know the science behind it all, but they didn't let us take any of the gear home. So when we got to the facility, when we got to Lambeau, we showed up in our street clothes, we go to the locker room and we change into green Bay clothes. And then you, and then when you leave Lambeau, you have to take your street clothes off or take your green Bay clothes off and put your street clothes back on. They didn't let you walk in and out with green Bay stuff. Um, Coronavirus. Like I have this winter hat. I have a hoodie. Um, like two t-shirts, but like I got them at the pro shops. Like I didn't even, like I wasn't even gifted them. I mean, I, I ended up, I was able to keep my cleats, my gloves, uh, compression shorts, socks. Thank, like thank God they let you keep the compression shorts. <laughs> <Yeah>. Big, <laughs> big sweaty, big sweaty needs big to sweaty, keep his right. compression shorts. <laughs> so I, I actually do have uh, a big old question because we've been talking a lot about like, how much this whole process has meant to you and like one of the coolest days you've had. Um, looking through your Instagram, I, there's a picture of you and Robert Spillane 
on the field. He's in Tennessee Titans. You're in Green Bay Packers. You both are on an NFL field. You grew up together. You lived the similar life. You played together your entire careers. What did that moment do for you? Like, how fucking sweet was that? Yeah. Um, that that day will go down. Like, I have the goosebumps just thinking about it. Uh, yeah, you know, that day will go down as one of the best days of my life, too. We, you know, when I signed with Green Bay um, and Robo signed with the Titans, we both – you know, we saw on the preseason schedule, like it's week one in Green Bay. And, you know, like him and I are both like, dude, like I like we were both like, obviously, like we hope we're both on the team to make like, to play each other. So we were both kind of like, you know, fucking get the job done. Like, let's make this happen. Like, let's go head to head at the highest level, you know. And, um, you know, we kept that thing rolling, you know. You know, the the game comes around and tons of family and friends are coming up to the game. And it's just like, you know, it's just fucking all like it couldn't have been a better, uh, you know, a better opportunity, you know, to play ball with my cousin. And, you know, I played against him in college twice. Um, You know, we were both in the Mac. We played freshman and sophomore year. I think the game that, um, you know, you know, I, I think that's a game that you look at both of our careers and, uh, you know, I'm so fucking happy for him. He's still playing. Like, I'm so proud of him. Like, he's busting his ass. He's grinding. And, uh, you know, for us to both be in NFL jerseys playing against each other, like, that meant so much to me. And I know it meant a lot to him. And, you know, I know it meant a lot to family and friends and coaches, you know, everybody, because, like, like you said, like we grew up together. He's not even a month older than me. And, you know, like we were be- like, we've been best friends ever since we can remember. And, you know, to go out there, you know, before the game, you know, during warmups, whatever, you know, him and I are both out there standing at the 50 yard line or whatever. And we're both kind of like looking around like, Dude, Oh, that's so fucking dope. Fucking cool. So fucking dope. This is, you know, like, it's just so fucking great. Like, and, um, you know, the game's going on and, you know, I, I don't get put in until the third quarter. He's been playing since the second quarter, so he's been out there. Um, you know, but I go out there, and he sees me come out there, and we both just like I'm I'm going to the huddle, and he sees you know sees me going to the huddle, and we totally we made eye contact, both just smiled at each other like this is it, dude. Like, oh, yeah, we get to do it now. Like you know, here's the time, dude. Fucking the first, chills, man. That is fucking dude, sick. It's awesome. And so the first play we lined up against each other. I was running a slant route, but he was the backside backer. So it wasn't really like a one-on-one, which would have been fucking awesome. But, <laughs> you know, we ended up throwing the ball to the right and I was running a slant to the right. And so he was dropping into coverage to the right. And so, you know, the guy catches a ball, like Robo's right around there to make a tackle. I'm right around there to like, you know, try and block or do whatever. And I give him a nice little tap on the ass and like he turns around and because like one of uh you know his teammates on Tennessee thought I was coming to like you know chirp him and I tap him on the ass and like kind of give him a little chest bump and he turns and looks and he sees that it's me and it's just like like we just wanted to be like dap up and like hug and like all that stuff but obviously it wasn't the right time <laughs> <laughs> definitely not the right time all emotional just start crying because yeah. <laughs> the, the rest of the fucking people on the field are like dude i gotta make a fucking roster spot 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear this, you know, fuck out of here. Um, but no, you know, the rest of the game goes on. And um, there's another picture of me blocking him. I'm engaged blocking him. Uh, and this was, this was cool because like, I wasn't supposed to be blocking him. The guy that I was blocking, like went, you know, ended up getting taken out, taken uh, over by the tackle. And I was like a free blocker. And so I'm running, and I, you know, I know where the running back's point of attack is. So I'm trying to get there, and I see Robo, and we kind of make like a little T-bone collision almost. And I'm riding him and riding him to the sideline, and the running back's running to the sideline, and it's kind of like a race. And um, you know, he ended up forcing the tackle, I guess. Um, I mean, he was like the guy had like he went out of bounds. Yeah, I put Robo on his ass that play. <laughs> he will never let anybody know. And even if I do bring it up, he'll be like, I still made the tackle. I'll be like, dude, the guy ran out of bounds. I didn't even tackle. Like, let me have this, Robert. Let me have it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I fucking love that, dude. Yeah, and then and then after the game, <clears throat> um, you know, like we meet up like right on like the 50-yard line, like right in the center of it. And like, you know, just like right before the game, like we're looking around like, dude, like, this is like so surreal, you know, like who would have thought, you know, you know, two kids from River Forest and Oak Park, like making it to the NFL and playing against each other. And they're both grandsons of the great Johnny Ladner. And it was just like, you know, it's, it was, it's poetry. Like you, it really is, dude. Sports. It really is. And, and that is a prime example of seeing poetry in sports. And, um, you know, like we, all of our family and friends like came right down to the, they didn't come out of the field, but they like came right down like to the to the field, I guess. Yeah. Dance, and you know we were up there, uh, you know, saying hi to everybody, you know, taking pictures, stuff like that. Like, oh, that was, I mean, that was great. Like, it really couldn't have gone <clears throat> any better. And so, um, you know, after the game, Tennessee leaves. Like, they go back to Tennessee, and uh, I got to stay in Green Bay, obviously, and so did like all my family and friends. They all got an Airbnb. And so we go, I like walk back over to the Airbnb and it's like right by the stadium. So like I walk from Lambo to the Airbnb and, I got <laughs> and as I'm walking, like people are directing traffic on where to go. And like, people are like, uh, you know, stopping, like high-fiving me and like, cause we won. And it was, you know, obviously like, you know, all the fans are happy and, um, I'm just picturing you post game, like you're walking home from fucking Priory right. in a Dude, fucking. I had my backpack on. I had a duffel bag over my shoulder. Like, like you know, it was pretty clear to see. Like, I was definitely you know a guy on the team, and you know, like everybody knew that. So like they were like, like you know, taking pictures, high fiving, you know, honking and all that stuff. It was really cool. But <laughs> we ended up. So I walked over to the Airbnb, started boozing immediately, getting fucking hammered with all my family and friends, and. Um, there's a casino in Green Bay. Love it. It's, we decided it would be a great idea to go. And phenomenal. Um, <laughs> it's never it's never a bad idea to go to a casino. A and so we go to the casino, and it's uh, you know there's like ten of us all there, and um, you know we ended up fucking everybody lost. But you know it was just fucking it was yeah. so much fun. Like we were in there, people were just ripping darts in there. Like it, oh, dude, it was so fun. Just casino things, man. It's just a great way to nightcap just an amazing yeah. day for one you. Of, one of the best days of my life ended up, you know, at a casino. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much. Uh, this was 
fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Like you got some crazy fucking stories and I don't even know if we covered more than a third of it. So we'd love to have you back on. Brez, before we leave, do you have any final question for Ryan? Um, no, that's pretty much it, dude. Yeah, we got to talk about Aaron Rodgers, which I think every Chicago, yeah, every every Chicagoan might have some. I wanted you to be like, yes, so, <laughs> like validate me hating him, and now I like I don't hate him anymore. It's like, yeah. Um, so just one quick, one more quick anecdote. Yeah, Green Bay came up to Chicago 2018 after I got cut. And they, you know, played the Bears. I think they lost. And um, I don't remember. They might have won. I don't really don't remember. But I had one of my buddies from Miami who grew up, born and raised, Green Bay Packers fan, like, for whatever reason, from Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, we ended up getting down to the buses after the game to say what up to some of the guys. And, you know, I see Aaron walk out of the out of the stadium and he goes onto the bus. And I'm like, damn, like, I really wish I could have introduced my buddy to Aaron Rodgers because, like, he loves Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And, you know, he comes, Aaron, like five minutes later, comes off the bus. The first person he comes and says what up to is me and dashed me up, gives me a hug. And this girl, I don't know who this girl was, but she took, she had it on video. And there's a, I don't know how in the world, but she caught it on video. Me and Aaron Rodgers dapping up, hugging up. It was just really cool because, like, I got to introduce him to, you know, my buddy. And, um, like, you know, that was just, God damn it, dude. (laughs) Yeah. That's fucking sweet. All right. I do have one final question. We'll have a bunch more if you ever want to pop back onto the podcast. Yeah, this is great. But where is your NFL fandom right now? My NFL uh, okay. fandom? Yeah. What team are you rooting for today? That's yeah, no, great question. Um, I'm a Bears fan. You know, I have a Fuck lot yeah. of love and respect and appreciation okay. for the Packers. And I love, you know, that they gave me an opportunity. But, you know, born and raised Bears, like, I'm still going to root for the Packers because, you know, I, you know, I like them. Like, I, you know, yeah. I know guys on the team and stuff. But when it comes to Bears, Green Bay, I'm going Bears now. And for a little bit of time, I think I was, you know, caught up in the whole, you know, I played for them. Yeah, um, yeah. I was rooting for them a little bit more. But, uh, you know, I think it's I think it's time to get back to my roots, you know. Yeah. I yeah, love to hear you know, that. You could take that away from you. Like once a Packer, always a Packer. And a lot yeah. of it. It's dope as fuck. Yeah, dude. That's fucking awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, yeah. This was a great fucking episode. I loved every yeah, single story. talking to you, Ryan. Yeah, dude. This was, this was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Fun. Absolutely, dude. We'll get you back on a little later because I think after all the stories we've heard, I think only I have – the only thing I have is just more questions. <laughs> I love it. I, I've got more stories to tell. Like, fuck I'm, yeah. Stories. Hell yeah, dude. Well, I know you got to run. So thank you so much for coming yeah. in, sitting with us, chatting with us. These stories were awesome. It's great to see like that inside view to college pro and like right. everything like that. We didn't even get to talk about like how you moved to rugby, even though you played right. it in high yeah, school and all that stuff. Yeah. So I fucking love the whole thing. So I appreciate you and I wish you the best of luck. We all wish you the best of luck. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Yeah. And Man. it's never a bad thing to be washed up, my guy. Never a bad thing to be washed up. Quick uh, shout out to Timo Smith. 
had to shout him out. He asked me, you know, I know he's going to be listening to it. Oh, fuck yeah. I actually was like, I was driving home today about to set up this whole Zoom call. And I was legitimately thinking about, I didn't know why I did it. I was going to text Tom. I was like, yo, give me something weird to ask Ryan that I should, (laughs) that like, that I could just fuck up with his head. And I just didn't. I forgot to do it until you just said it right now. So I love Tom Smith to death. I'll kill anyone for him. He's the man of the hour. So fucking phenomenal. Thank you so much, Ryan. This is great. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Peace, love, and happiness, everybody. Until next time. Yep. Peace. City, come on and ride with me. Get high and catch a vibe with me. This music that make you feel good. Do it for the real ones. Do it while I still can. This is for the real fans. We're singing along with the set of light shows. I know, I ain't so fly, don't you? Think so too. Shawty trying to come through to kick it like kung fu. On the blood cruise with the sunroof open. I'm the one who everybody love. Everybody want to be like me. I cha-cha real smooth. do 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 I break rules and race roofs. It break goose with great juice. I make moves and I'm making music. And hang loose, homie.